Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Hello, hello, and welcome to People with Purpose. This episode is part of the Calm Leadership series. And so leading with calm, it's all about, and we're building up to this, about communication, accountability, leadership and management. And if you didn't catch the last episode, uh, perhaps give it a rewind and uh, have a listen. Uh, it's uh, it's right into your personality type and uh, understanding what kind of leader you are it starts off with understanding you and your sort of personality preferences. So are you an action taker? Are you analytical? Are you uh, perhaps uh, introverted in a kind of a feeling nurturing type way? Um, or are you sort of sociable, affable, effervescent, uh, the front person and a bit more sociable from that, that point of view? So those leadership styles and preferences play into uh, how you lead. But what's your leadership style? Well, when you lead for the first time, or you get your first management job, you probably look around you and look at other people who are in those sorts of leadership positions and kind of emulate them. Remember a, uh, a time when uh, I've seen, a couple of times actually, when I've seen leaders who've had a good influence on their teams and been a positive influence on their teams. Uh, and that's extended not just to uh, perhaps a way of doing things or a way of talking to people or a way of listening to people, but it's even extended to things like the way that they dress. Uh, you know, if you've got a boss uh, who wears uh, cufflinks, for example, uh, you, you might start see people wearing cufflinks. That's possibly a bit of a dated, uh, bit of a dated uh, reference. Uh, I'm not sure if people wear shirts with cufflinks anymore in many industries. But uh, you see people adopting not just the uh, the the, the behavioural styles, but also the sometimes the kind of the other trappings of. And if you think about it, when you look up at role models. Quite often that's how we learn as, as, as individuals, you know, we kind of, uh, when we're growing up, we see uh, a sports stars or pop stars or, uh, or artists or people that we respect and we want to be like them, you know, and uh, if it works, we, uh, we try on a bit more, you know, and uh, when it comes to a leadership style, that can be effective, but it's very, very important to be authentic. People respond to you because of who you are and what you stand for and what you stand against. And people know if you care. So think about a situation where you're being asked to do something by somebody and uh, you know deep down if it's for you as it's, as much as it is for them that they're asking you to do this and that will affect on how you, how you respond to the to the request so there are loads of different 
ways that you can lead, but there are three, traditionally, three main leadership styles. Uh, and this comes uh, down to uh, quite an old piece of research, actually, uh, an old model uh, by a guy called uh, Kurt Lewin, who uh, developed a uh, leadership styles framework, which uh, has a lot of resonance with uh, how people can choose to lead in different circumstances today. So the first style is the autocratic style. So very directive. Uh, and some of this will chime actually, again, with the previous episode of this podcast where uh, we talked about situational leadership. And but some people have a kind of an autocratic style, which is a natural preference. And it's a great approach when you've got to follow a, um, a, a strict process. You know, you've got to uh, work to the letter of the law. Um, when you're um, in a situation when you need to direct people, so if you've got people in your team that are, are running late on deadlines or when you've got uh, perhaps a conflict in the team and you need to intervene uh, or when you need to make quick decisions, this autocratic style can, can really help you to, to move forward. But this is a very controlling way of leading. Potentially, it stifles creativity. Potentially, it means that People stop thinking. They just do what they're told. And you lose the ability that people have to express themselves. And all too often, if you think about it, the people who do the work have the best ideas about how you can improve it. So if you overplay your autocratic style, even if that is a natural style for you, to be directive then you can be stifling creativity. You can be making people feel like their views and thoughts and ideas are not valued. So that's the autocratic style. Also, the other risk of being actually an autocratic leader is kind of everything's on you. And you, that means that you spend a lot of time very close to the detail and a big part of being a leader, which again we'll come back to, is being able to create a vision, set a vision. And it's very, very challenging if you're always in directing mode to be able to take that step back, see the bigger picture, look ahead, see what's coming down the tracks. Could be a risk, could be an opportunity. Because you're, as they say, in the weeds. So... That's an autocratic leadership style. Then there's the democratic leadership style. And um, with this approach, you'll probably be more likely to set a goal, <coughs> excuse me, set a goal um, and facilitate, but then make the final decision about which way you go. What's good about this approach is that you, because you facilitate, you get some input, 
people feel a bit more engaged with this approach. You get the ideas of the people that are doing the work in the team and apply them to a, a process, apply them to a project, apply them to a, you know, the plan to get to a desired outcome. But then you end up making that final decision. It's about being able to manage the differing views and opinions of the team, have healthy debates and healthy discussions. You might need to be better at managing conflict if you rely 100% on a democratic style, because sometimes someone needs to just make a decision. And, and if you go too far towards the uh, democratic approach then, and spend too long trying to find a consensus, then, you know, in a, a well-intended desire to make sure that everyone feels included and everyone feels involved, you could really be slowing yourself down. So any of these styles in isolation will cause problems. But if, you're, if you remain democratic, then you might end up with a, a hung parliament. You might end up with a, um, such a dilution of clarity about direction and decision-making that you end up going nowhere fast. And then the third leadership style is that of the uh, laissez-faire, bit of French. So fully delegating responsibility, where you let people do what they want, let people do as they choose. And you kind of let it run its own course without any direction, without any, so say, interference. I mean, your team members are fully empowered. So that's, it can be incredible for teams to be fully empowered. However, if people don't have the skills or need that bit of guidance or need that bit of support or motivation, then if you're too laissez-faire, that was the motivation ringtone. If you're too laissez-faire, it can work against you. And going back to uh, situational leadership, there's definitely a time to delegate and empower people. But there's also a time to direct. And there is also a time to be democratically pulling people together, drawing out the involvement and the ideas and the inspiration from the people in the team who really know and understand how to get the job done to craft that perfect or near perfect solution. So in any of these scenarios, as a leader, you're accountable. Like I said in the last episode, every problem is a leadership problem. So if you're over-reliant on democratic leadership, 
or over-reliant on autocratic leadership or over-reliant on being laissez-faire and delegating fully, then think about how you can perhaps adapt your approach to the circumstances that you find yourself in. You know, under what circumstances does it make sense to be autocratic or to be democratic or to fully delegate and empower? So here's a couple of questions for you to think about to sort of work out where you are on that. You may know already, but here's a couple of questions. So if you've got skilled people in your team, what do you do? Do you let them run free completely? Do you have regular check-ins with Project teams, for example, set a goal and then have regular check-ins to make sure that everyone, everything's on track? Or do you treat those highly experienced and skilled and motivated people exactly the same that you would treat somebody who's just new into the business? Which would you do? And if it's set them free, that's laissez-faire. If it's checking in regularly, that's democratic. And if it's the same as anybody else, then that's the autocratic style. Another question for you. So how do you treat poor performance? So if someone's performing below what your expectations, do you, one, leave it because you believe they'll sort themselves out? Do you two, talk it through with the person concerned and find an opportunity to learn or an agreed action to make a change? Or do you three, get your punishment out and put them on report or on notice or whatever it might be? And again, the first one's laissez-faire where you think it will work itself out. The second one's more of a democratic style, where you talk it through and find the lessons. And the third is the autocratic punishment route. And then, well, a couple more questions, really. One is, how much do you trust the people in your team? And you could stick it on a absolutely 100% or on a not at all to make any decisions, and then somewhere in the middle, you're a, a Democrat. And then what about decisions? How do you like to make decisions? If you like to let your team make the decisions, then maybe you're a laissez-faire as a prefer preferred style. If you like to make the decision, but not until you've discussed it with your team and they've had some input to it, then maybe your preference is to be democratic. And if you just make the decision, then maybe that's autocracy and you tell them. So 
there's some questions just to kind of like dig a little bit deeper into what your leadership style might be. Also, if you've got a leader in your team, those questions can help you to work out perhaps where they might be either over or under emphasizing a certain leadership style. So if you've got a person in your team and you think they're basically letting the team run the show, then how's performance? What checks have they got in place to make sure that performance is on the right tracks? And how regularly? If you've got someone in your team who's leading a group of people and all decisions seem to be taken by the one person, then maybe there's an autocratic style of leadership playing out there. How's that working for the people in the team? How empowered do they feel? So there's the three leadership styles in uh, Lewin's leadership styles model. The way uh, management thinking evolved was to arrive at a hypothesis that the good or uh, the best way of leading teams is to move towards more of a sort of a situational leadership model where you where you coach and support uh, direct and delegate according to the experience of the team member on an individual basis and according to the circumstances what's their level of competence the people in your team and how conscious is that and does that vary from situation to situation? I mean, this requires practice. If you've ever been in a situation where you've been leading a team and it's gone off track, deadlines are being missed, then what's that telling you? What's that telling you about your own leadership style and how effective that's being? It could be the performance of the people concerned, the capability, the training, but it could be your leadership style that's having the strongest influence on how effective that team is being. Every problem, every problem is a leadership problem. So what makes a really exceptional leader? Well, if you wind back to the previous episode, you can see that understanding of self, understanding of those energy flows, your preferences for uh, doing it right, doing it now. They're the thinking kind of energies of blue and of red. Doing it together and doing it harmoniously, which are the feeling kind of energies of yellow and green. We've all got all of those energies inside us. And we all have an ability to detect those energies in other people. So exceptional leadership is practiced by people who are able to get the best out of others, no matter who they are, no matter what their energy flow is or preferences are. 
There's a level of consistency that you see in an exceptional leader, even though they're able to adapt their leadership style around autocratic, delegating and democratic ways of managing different situations. And if you see a leader in your organisation who is creating an environment where people are being successful, then it's possible that they either consciously or subconsciously or unconsciously are identifying the needs of the individuals in their team and perhaps following a, a model which was uh, again introduced to the business world by a chap called James Burns transformational leadership and in his book leadership he kind of set out a um a process where leaders look at motivation but also look at levels of morality so there's the motivation and there's 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 going after the task but there's also the way that you do things as well, that's the morality piece, you know, uh, looking out for people and making sure that the leadership task is really focused on the people rather than on the activity itself, the stuff. And then in later literature, you know, transformational leadership evolved and talked about what a transformational leader does. A transformational leader has high integrity. A transformational leader sets really clear goals. A transformational leader engages others, has high expectations, inspires people to reach beyond what is currently probable. That stretch and stirs people's emotions in a good way, in an encouraging way, in a challenging way. So are you a transformational leader? Which of these characteristics would you score yourself highly or not? on. So as I read through these sentences, these bullet points, again, perhaps get a pen and a piece of paper and maybe score yourself out of 10 or high, medium and low. And from your perspective, looking at your own leadership, how would you score yourself? Are you a model of integrity? Do you set clear goals? So question one, are you a model of integrity? Question two, do you set clear goals? Question three, do you engage and encourage others? Question four, do you set high expectations? 
Question number five. Do you inspire people to reach beyond the probable? And question six. Do you move people emotionally? Now that last one's a bit contentious. I don't want to be emotional at work. Don't want to be emotional at any time. <laughs> Especially if you're a cool blue or a fiery red, you might not even want to either recognise it or talk about it, but emotions energise, right? And emotions can be harnessed as a force for good or not. And not harnessing emotions as a force means you create a vacuum where emotions operate in their own universe and generally do what they want. So how do you motivate people? How do you set a vision and uh, inspire people to go after it? Unless you're moving them emotionally. How do you encourage people to work smarter and harder? How do you celebrate successes? That's a celebrate success siren. Because if you ignore the, the value and the power of emotion in these things, then you're really missing a trick. So in the next episode, I'm going to talk about how you can become a transformational leader. So how have you scored yourself? You could be tens. There could be a couple of areas for you to think about, a couple of areas for you to work on. But in the next episode, we're going to talk about how to become a transformational leader. And once we've gone through that, we've set the context then, and we can get into calm, becoming a calm leader and leading with calm uh, to take you and your organisation forward towards your mission and your goal. Okay, cool. Till next time. Cheerio. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.